0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Cap City Presents podcast. I am your host Andy Remax Moreno, and on our show today we have our special guest Colin McGee, aka Heretic the Heathen. Hey, what's up, Heretic? Hey,
1: what's good, bro? How you doing, fam?
0: Hey, I'm doing great, man. Uh, how's life treating you, dude?
1: Oh, you know, pretty good. Going through the normal uh, ups and downs of COVID, like everyone else, but the, like the
0: normal 2020 shit. Yeah,
1: but like I'd say, I'm probably in a better position than most, so I should be grateful for that.
0: For sure. Uh, I mean. As far as like 2020 goes, did you have like? Uh, I know you you host events like I do. Did you successfully throw any events in 2020?
1: So we were gonna do our follow up to the the first KOTD Northwest event. It would have been the second one, like March 7th, and we ended up like postponing it because we just couldn't get enough uh, people booked at that time because everyone else was booked elsewhere. But uh, I'm like, we probably would have slipped right under the door with it, but I'm glad that we didn't, we did an event like December 7th or like 14th. So at least we had like some footage that was still dropping in the beginning of the year and did an event right at the end of 2019.
0: Gotcha. What a crazy time, dude. Yeah. it's. Um, I can only imagine. I mean, like, I don't know about you, but I sometimes like look through my emails and I'm just like whimpering like a dog i'm just like why come on email me please <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> where are
0: you rappers rappers
1: hit me up yeah i know it's weird i'm just like feeling like i should be doing more and you're like well i can't really it's okay <laughs> you know did <like, laughs> you feel like you're slacking you know
0: right no i definitely feel like i'm I'm more bored than i am slacking yeah um I feel that. so i i did mention that you throw events uh could you explain what forum sees by MCs is So
1: yeah, Forum Seas,
0: Biom Seas
1: is a battle rap league uh, based out of Olympia, Washington. For people that don't really know what a battle rap league is, is, it's like basically we're an organization that puts together and books events in the battle rap world. And um, there's kinda like leagues all over the place, all you know, all over the state, all over the country, all over the world. So uh and we're just the one that, you know, represents Olympia, Washington and we've been doing this about six, seven years, so
0: cool. Where have you uh done your events like outside of olympia
1: uh i well okay i've technically i put on an event in yelm washington oh uh, yeah shout for, out yelm well because uh mark that on um, jezebel's had the fair game out there so he's like you should come out to yelm and do didn't it swamp event. tiger
0: uh, battle at that one yeah, okay, his yeah first I was there. one was out there yeah. so that, and actually
1: they would turn out pretty good because we had like our normal olympia crowd plus like 50 people from that had nothing to do that night and we're like what the fuck's going on here yeah. this block is <laughs> active but uh so yeah, um, and that that's basically where I've thrown events, but um, under forums, these biomes, But I work like closely with uh, other leagues um, in Washington, so I've like helped them with filming or you know promoting or battling on other events, like anywhere from you know British Columbia to Seattle, and we're networked in with a bunch of other leagues. So,
0: so what are the other battle leagues that are? In the area? Uh,
1: so we got Formsies, Barhamsies, and Olympia, Washington. Mm-hmm. Then up in Tacoma, you got the Alliance Battle League, which was like the first official uh, battle rap league in Washington. Um, and then in Seattle, you have Sky Tier, which used to be A Hat, Washington, but it's kind of the continuation of the same thing. And that's mainly it for Washington. There's been other leagues that have kind of come and gone. Um, but, and then once you get up to, um, british columbia which is not too far away uh they got a division of kotd up there kotd kotd vancouver who we i officially work with them too now to like be kotd northwest so um and then there was also smoked out battles which turned into set the bar entertainment kind of so they're up there and uh, yeah, that's basically it for the Northwest with the exception. like there's a well, there's like an Idaho battle lap, battle rap league we've been working with. So I guess they're kind of Northwest too. And then there's they have like another league right by them in Eastern Oregon as well. So
0: Cool. Yeah, lots lots popping off. And I don't think a lot of people know about like the extended power of the uh, battle rap leagues yeah. that are here in the Northwest.
1: It's, it's kind of like any niche culture where like, you know, like the, it's all over the place, but it's not necessarily like this huge thing in any one place. It's just like people are into it all over the place. So,
0: yeah. And how long has, has, uh, 4MC's BiomC's been going on?
1: Uh, well, we did our first official event in 2012, like in March. So at this point, yeah, we're coming up. Oh, wow. So yeah, we're, we're over eight years old now officially. Wow. I didn't even think about it. I said six, seven years earlier. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I might be biased. I know I'm the one asking you the questions, but for the viewers that don't know, yeah, like yeah, I was there I was there watching this since like day one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, you helped
1: me put together the first couple of events in terms of like getting the venues and helping run the door and everything. And also, uh, once we kind of started going to the pre-written stuff, we were kind of like throwing the battles on parts of shows you had put together, too. So, they're kind of like mixed entertainment, so to speak. Right. Some, some music, a couple battles and stuff. So.
0: Mm-hmm keep people engaged in different in different crowds yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and uh has it been well recepted, like in the area
1: yeah i mean uh definitely you know mainly all positive you know obviously you can't do anything without pissing some people off along the ways uh but olympia definitely is very supportive of just like music and live entertainment and stuff so like even though you know olympia is not a super hip hop city i feel like in general people have been supported and we got a lot of people that were like and you know they'll they'll come to an event somewhere and pay the five dollars and not necessarily know what battle rap is but then like be by the end of the night they're asking me what's up and you know trying to figure out where to follow us online and stuff so olympia is just good for supporting anybody trying to do anything that's cool and positive
0: right so you mentioned the positive things. Uh, have you ever seen received anything negative? Like is, like when when it comes to battle rap, it it's basically making fun of your opponent. Yeah. And I th- I think like that negative reputation can sort of like get people heated. Like yeah. have you ever received some some negative feedback as Definitely. far as like people going too far? <laughs> Definitely. I mean,
1: like. Uh You know, as you're saying, it's kind of based on people making fun of each other or even like more. And also like it goes from like a row session to almost like a a debate, you know. (laughs) Right. So like it gets deeper than that. It's like really breaking each other down and like, you know, analyzing each other. So but it can be like really surface level too. like how you want to go about Making fun of somebody it could be like super intellectual or it could be like your mom, your fat jokes, you know, and right. like what it works, works for you. <laughs> uh, you know, we've managed to, you know, like it's pissed people off because I mean, like I don't you know, it's not like, oh, when I throw an event, I have any control really of what the battlers say. But, you know, obviously uh, sometimes there's like, you know, homophobic stuff, which obviously doesn't go over well in Olympia and uh i wouldn't like say that's part of battle rap but it's just part of the world and battle so it's gonna be in battle rap sometimes i think like music it's like oh well sexist or racist and you're like well yeah but the world is sexist and racist and like music's gonna not be like somehow walk by that without being affected especially from people that you know we don't we aren't just uh for olympia artists we have a lot of people from a lot of different places so they might not really know about that but on the flip side we've had uh neo nazis like harass events like in really uh passive aggressive ways they like flooded the bathroom so we like managed to get on like the wrong side of different you know people that these people don't like how mixed our crowd is you know very diverse for olympia but then these other people over here not these people that's the wrong way to say it but like they're, you know, they're not cool with people you know dropping f-bombs and i'm not either so you know and that's not too common but it's you know come up sometimes
0: oh definitely and like uh, the real reason i guess i brought that up and thank you for bringing up like especially with homophobia in in lyricism i think you and i as rap fans you know as like growing up we probably overlooked it you know we've heard you know some things in rap songs that we were just like oh that's just the way they talk and then i remember at the capitol Theater a rapper had dropped the f-bomb yeah and the sound person came up to to us yeah they were like they can't say that and that was the first time i think you and i both like looked back and said oh maybe there are limitations to yeah uh, how you can offend somebody because that's yeah let's face it like uh around the year like what 2010 i think is like really when we set the bar in hip-hop and said look stop saying that word stop Making homophobic references, yeah. like we need to like really grow the fuck up.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like that was the venue's rule, and they had a few other like that. You know, no racist no sexist, no homophobic comments. Like, I'm definitely on board with that. Mm-hmm. I personally like if I'm throwing an event, I kind of like more of uh, you come to Olympia and deal with the natural consequences instead of me being like, yo, you can't say this or do this. It's like that's cool, but you're like, you can say that, and it's probably not gonna win you any fans. And it's gonna definitely lose you some fans Yeah, so and like, it's, gonna,
0: it's probably gonna hurt you and it's gonna bite you in the ass, like so, long, long down the and road. And I think
1: in some ways that's like a more powerful lesson than me just being like, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I could tell you don't put your hand on the stove. And it's like, all right, well, you're just making up rules or like whatever. But it's like, no, how about I just let you get burnt?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, so. Yeah, let uh, people learn from their mistakes.
1: And then it's like also, like, you know, especially with battle rap, like I was saying, it can be like really base level, but like, also like you know a certain point if that's all it was people get bored so like me personally i'm trying to like come up with really creative ways when i battle rap to break people down and like you know like uh one saying that stuff's against my values but like it's also just not creative
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's just hate speech at that point yeah yeah uh when did you start getting into battle rap in general i know form c's mc started in 2012 yeah so
1: uh i mean like I just, I started rapping around 1999 and like, or pretty early on, we had like little impromptu battles. Like, you know, like just you meet another rapper and like kind of, you know, battle each other at a party or like, you know, at school or whatever. Uh, And it was like pretty unofficial, but like battle rap was just part of hip hop. And then I think in 2003 was the first time, like I saw a flyer for an actual battle rap event and it was down at uh, the Go Club, which is now Jake's um and it was sp putting it on oh, snap. yeah so i was like 18 and it was like the, the rule in washington is if you're 18 you can um perform at a bar as long as they escort you to and from the stage mm-hmm. so like i seen this flyer and was like well that's dope like you know i, I want to sign up and be part of this i've never been in like an official judged and like battle rap that's a tournament And uh, I did pretty good. I made it to the last round, and I battled. I lost to AKA.
0: Oh, snap. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but I beat, like, Nicotine that night and some other guy. So I made it it to the end, and uh, that just kind of got me hyped on it. And, like, back then, battle rap was kind of like – nowadays, there's a lot of people that just battle rap, and it's kind of its own lane apart from music. Back then, it was just, like, most rappers would battle if, like, pressed – and you know like but also everybody that battle rapped like made music and did shows so like battle rap was like a good way like if no promoters knew you and you were just kind of like trying to break into the scene you get booked for or you'd not get booked for a battle because in the freestyle days you just show up this is Mm -hmm. freestyle battle rap like whoever signs up the day of and then everybody sees you and like oh they're dope and then maybe someone's like yeah we should collab together like i'll book you for a show so like it wasn't like oh i'm just gonna go battle rap and you know like turning into this huge battle rapper was like a means to like kind of shine light on your yourself as an artist in general
0: tight did you did you battle first or were you making music i know you were in the the rap group uh, diatribe yeah i was definitely
1: more focused on making music at first like i was saying nowadays there's people that just battle rap but at the time like you know that wasn't really like all you know all battle rappers made music too like you know not they weren't like none of them were just battle rappers really so uh, i definitely like was making music up until like 2013 and then like i was just doing so much better as a battle rapper that like i've always kind of like if i was good at something i'd always like kind of like slowly stopped doing other things I wasn't as good at. Like, I've been through a lot of different art forms in my life. So, like, I didn't make a big choice, but, like, all of a sudden I was like, man, I haven't, you know, like, recorded a song in three or four years. All I do is battle oh. rap, so...
0: I mean, that's no different from me. I mean, you and I met because we were rappers. Yeah. And actually... You know what? Speaking of that, you were actually on the first show that I ever hosted.
1: You know yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. Which one was it? Oh, well,
0: it was I guess it was between 2 because uh there was the first one that I ever hosted technically was a uh, benefit show at the Midnight Sun. Okay. It was for uh, MDA, Muscular Dystrophy Association. Yeah, it was no, a benefit I think I for them that. and yeah. yeah. You were on that one. Okay, don't. Yeah. And then also the South Pacific okay Southpaw. Awesome. the Southpaw. same night the same night as a krs1 at the royal <laughs> oh man
1: yeah, i forgot about that yeah
0: but we ended the show at 11 so that we could go to the krs1 yeah, show i
1: remember that that's crazy mm-hmm. man i miss those days me too <laughs> uh,
0: are there any venues in olympia that you miss in particular
1: uh let's see like uh the just like going back through history like we had a lot of good shows well not a lot of we had a good like six month run at the mania which is now the cryptotropia i always yeah. say that wrong but uh so they they were like they did stuff for like six months and we just had some wild shows there we were like Nineteen twenty and like just i don't know like i think they eventually stopped booking us because we had like so much underage drinking going on underneath that like it wasn't even very well hidden like <laughs> so it, that was fun and then uh we had a good run at the china clipper too for a while like we booked macklemore there back in the day and stuff nice uh, so I d- like um and they're both there but like you know not d- under the same format or even the same bars but
0: yeah, actually, uh, when I first turned 21, I went to the Clipper because I was like, hey, I'm a hip hop artist. I yeah. really want to get on shows. And they were like, we don't do hip hop here anymore. I was like, what? But it's my 21st birthday. I waited for this moment to yeah. do this. And yeah, they but they uh, the bartender actually came back with a, a copy of Puget's CD. I nice, mean, nice. she was like, yeah, here, have this. And I was like, sweet. I wanted want yeah. CD."
1: No, we did good. And they uh, they, you know, like us and then word life are doing a lot of events there. And Cutter had the plug, uh, a.k.a. Puget. So we had a good run there, but uh, I think eventually they just, you know, decided to go full karaoke, and in terms of, like, a business move, that definitely worked out for them, being, like, the main karaoke bar in Olympia. So, But, yeah, it was sad when they stopped booking shows. It always, like, you only have so many venues you can work with, so when you lose one, it's like, damn it, you
0: know? Right. And you talked about uh, how Macklemore once rocked uh, the little China Clipper. Uh, are there any other... Uh, fond memories that you have any particular shows that like really stuck out as far as like holy shit this is in olympia
1: yeah i mean it's kind of we go through all these different eras but there was a good run of like actual big shows happening at the capitol theater not with like you know like top 40 artists but like people that were still pretty big or maybe they were really big at one time and they're still big but like you know, they they play olympia but like see like when i was 16 i saw the roots there uh when i was a little older than that like i think 17 18 like sage francis yeah um who else played there you know like uh some big macklemore shows tech nine
0: i was there for yeah, tech nine Tech, tech nine. nine was my first like big show yeah. that i ever went to and i was like 16 or something like that
1: so i definitely like miss like bigger national acts coming to the capitol theater and being in there with like a thousand people mm-hmm. you know it didn't feel so local but it's still not so big that it's like i don't know like you're that far away from the artist but yeah i missed those and then uh you know like the china clipper we had some good shows there and stuff and the the royal had a whole slew of shows I remember one time i was complaining i'm like why are they bringing raekwon on a sunday like i want i got work tomorrow my buddy's like you're really complaining because raekwon's
0: coming to right your yeah no that is wu-tang you go there on a wednesday <laughs> yeah. damn
1: it yeah like but i was just like it was the point where i was just like man I'm like these shows on sundays kill me i've always been kind of like anti Sunday show. It's like (laughs) like I need a day where I don't have that pressure of like, ah damn it, I really don't feel like doing something, but I'm not gonna miss Raekwon, you know just because it's Sunday. (laughs) But yeah, I miss those days overall.
0: Uh where would you say is like the forum sees by MC's home? Uh like as far as venues go. Would it be the society? Would it be McCoy's?
1: Yeah, like both of those spots. Um you know like I think you know for a while we were doing shows with you over at the Northern. So that definitely like was kind of some of the early pre-written events happen there, but we did a lot of events at McCoy's. That one works good because like it's really loud and rowdy and you get a lot of people that just like walk in off the street and just come in there. So it's always packed. It was a little like what we were talking about earlier, battle rap is a cappella. So like you have to get the crowd to hold it down. So that was hard. So the society has two different rooms. So, the bar's in a different room. So, that actually kind of helped us, like, have, you know, when people are getting their drinks and being loud, they're in a different room. And then when they come mm-hmm. into the room to battle, like, they know to shut up and be quieter. So, those two spots are mainly, it's been a little while since we've done shows at McCoy's, but um, it's going to be a while. I mean, who knows what venues are still going to be around when this is all done. Right. The homie's talking to Ian, and Ian sounds like he's good. He's been waiting. For the apocalypse
0: <laughs> yeah just, i just i actually just ran into a uh, andy geertson the owner of a uh, rhythm and rye on the oh, yeah. way over here and yeah I, it, it's a struggle for every venue owner and yeah. i can only imagine like as far as like me being a booking agent i like can see all these like on my facebook feed i'll see like this venue in portland that i book at regularly yeah. or this venue in uh, bellingham or whatever and it's it's rough out there Michael,
1: like what the one thing and like i don't really know the business answer for this but like i'm like what does a, a, you know, somebody, a property owner get to, you know, have to stand from like evicting you know, kicking out like basically somebody that rents that venue for a bar or whatever, you know, because I'm like. It's not like, like right now someone else isn't going to move into your big, like no one's going right. to take over the royal space in the middle of this shit, you know? Yeah,
0: no, it would not be wise. So it's <laughs> like
1: you, what, you kick them out and you just don't make any money from someone else because they can't pay the rent, you know? Right. I don't know. I, I I was thinking like it would be cool if like places could at least do like a 50-50 split. Like, all right, you get half off on your rent, you know, like or something, you know?
0: In a perfect world, that would just make sense. But also- yeah. Have you ever had a good landlord? Okay. Yeah. Have you ever had a good landlord?
1: Uh, like, I mean, not really. <laughs>
0: My mom. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to moms out yeah, there. Yeah, was pretty the cool. She
1: stocked the fridge. <laughs> Never had a landlord do that. <laughs> Did charge me rent really? Right. <laughs> but yeah, they no, kept a roof over your head, yeah, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, uh, yeah. I mean, there there's some out there, but that's usually when you just like have a spot that like, you know, the guy the person owns like a couple of properties or whatever, not like somebody that owns like a whole apartment complex or whatever. Right. And then it usually gets corporate and just all shitty. So but yeah.
0: So uh going back to battle rap, uh who would you say are like your I'm just gonna throw this out there. Do you have a, a top five as far as like locals go or just like top five in general of just like battle rappers?
1: in terms of like all battle rap that would be a harder one for me to sit down and come up with Mm -hmm. uh like in in washington it's a little bit easier to like name the top five in washington right now that'd probably be definitely jay the nightwing uh he's on smack url right now which is the biggest battle rap platform in the world um like new york city and he um He's on there now and stuff and he's you know, we all know him. He's battled on 4MC's and all the local leagues. So he's like the biggest star and like even some of the biggest names in battle rapper talking about they want to battle him now. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh my guy Patron, he's definitely like our biggest artist out of foreign C's, but he's also just traveled all around the country battling and uh so he's definitely solidified his spot. We just uh had him on uh, he main carded our first KOT Northwest event. So, which is basically another league I'm helping uh, work with. Uh, and uh, he got on their main page and battled this dude, Young know, Cannon, that was pretty big. And then uh, probably Hypnosis. Uh, he's. Uh, up there in like west seattle and stuff and he's battled a bunch of big people and he's uh really hilarious but he's like super gangster and like legitimate too so he's mm-hmm. like this good mix of like you're like man that's probably the hardest dude out here but like he's fucking hilarious <laughs> and like just does wild shit it's kind of like a debo battle rap like yeah a, like, <laughs> like a hood comedy battle rapper uh and then uh my guy empty money up there from Lummy nation in bellingham right. he's definitely worked his way up and most people consider him in the top five. And then I definitely gotta put my guy Stewie Newton in there. He's the first one from Washington to make it on Smack URL, uh, the league I was just talking about. And uh he's still doing his thing and well known and all of them basically travel around the country, which is a big thing. Like you can be like really respected where you're from, but if you don't leave it's kinda hard to be like, Oh, you're top five, you know.
0: Mm hmm. Have you ever been starstruck as far as like meeting
1: battle rappers or so, like, that's one cool thing about battle rap It's like, even the biggest battle rappers, you're, like, in the biggest events, there's only, like, a couple hundred people there versus, like, thousands. So, like, when you go to events, it's really easy to meet people and stuff. Like, if, you know, you're in a battle rap, it's not very hard to, like, meet all the stars and stuff. It's not, like... If you go to a j cole concert or some shit like the opportunity to meet him is probably pretty slim right but like at a battle rap event you just got to go to the bar like offer to buy these guys a drink and say they're dope and they'll sit there and talk with you you know <laughs> uh so i i like in terms of starstruck uh like i so uh there's this battle rapper immaculate who's uh from portland but he's one of the biggest battle rappers to ever do it mm-hmm. and uh one time he was trying to set up a tour and he my buddy smoke had given him my phone number so i was just like chilling and i got a text and it's like yo this is ilmac i'm trying to do an event and i was just like it was just weird i'm like yeah like how does ilmac have my phone number you know
0: you know being an agent i i have similar stories of that yeah. like i one time i get a phone call from a minneapolis number or a minnesota number yeah and uh you know, I, I think it's one of my buddies who I have a roommate from Minnesota. So I was yeah. just like, oh, it's my buddy. He probably got a new number or something. Yeah. And I pick it up. He's like, hey, is this Andy? Uh, this is an abstract rude. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> How do you have my number? Yeah. You're like Rhymesayer status. Yeah. Like <laughs>
1: that's dope. Yeah, he's part of the um, what other camp? Uh, Project Blood and the whole like mm-hmm. underground backpack was Cali it Lir- scene.
0: Lyricist Lounge. Was that or uh, was it Project Blood?
1: project blowed is like a record label he was a part of. And then he, I, like it would make sense that he would go to rhyme uh or rhyme sayers. And then I'm trying to remember there's lyricist lounge, which was like a show on something. But then I think there's some famous venue. All the project blow guys did events out of too. So, mm-hmm. but yeah,
0: that's dope. <laughs> uh, were you there for that show at the bowling alley?
1: Oh, I don't think I missed that one. I've caught abstract root a couple of times. Like okay. I'm a fan of like all the project blowed artists, like AC alone. And, um, trying to think medusa there was a really cool like 20 year project bloat anniversary event at evergreen in like 2000 or something like that so i went to that and got put on
0: were you at the uh the dead press show by chance no i wasn't i was so pissed when i read the newspaper the next day because like this was before smartphones i was just like looking at the newspaper it's like dead press concert turns into a riot and i was like fuck I w- I w- I would have been there.
1: Yeah, no, I should have been there. I don't remember why I wasn't. But no,
0: I didn't even see a flyer. Was the thing like I was just bummed that I didn't even know about it.
1: Yeah, I think that <laughs> happened like the year after I graduated from Evergreen too, so I wasn't like mm-hmm. on campus like that.
0: Right. So you're born and raised Olympia, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. My parents are from New Jersey, and like the rest of my family goes back there for a long time. But I was born here, so I kind of have roots elsewhere. But like my whole life's been in Olympia.
0: What keeps you here? I was asked this on a different podcast, and like it's sort of something that it cycles in my brain every now and then. Like, what keeps me here?
1: I think like it's a good mix between things. And if you're if you grew up here, it's gonna be hard to find a place like it. And it's like you get a lot of things that you'd only get in like a bigger city, like a good music scene, for instance. I mean, not to say that there isn't good music scenes in smaller cities, but like Olympia has a over is overly represented by artists because of what kind of city it is so it's like if you don't want to live in a small town or like a small city like that's like i couldn't do like you know elma or like shelton or whatever it's just not big enough for me plus like the demographics not really my crowd but mm-hmm. but like i go to seattle or portland for a day and i'm like i don't know how people deal with this commutes and just finding parking is stressful as hell like yeah. so like there's the big city is too big for me and the little city is too small for me and olympia is like just a nice size and it's like for the size of it there's just the things I you know i like to do are pretty happening for the most part you know
0: yeah downtown is like a, a four block strip not seattle where Oh, I'm downtown. Oh, I'm 10 blocks that way.
1: Well, like I always say, like, basically in Olympia we have 4th Ave. Like, Seattle's got, like, 20 or 30 4th Ave's. Mm -hmm. They're all little strips like that, you know, where, like, in Olympia, our strip, 4th Ave, would almost be like, oh, that's, like, the little bar area in, like, Capitol Hill. or I mean, that's probably still bigger, but, like, kind of, like, one section of Seattle or whatever, and they all have their little nightlife strip, you know, somewhere.
0: For sure. As far as like shows not happening, have you been catching any live stream shows? Uh, I've watched some of the versus battles. Uh, I've had a little bit
1: of a hard time tapping in with as many uh, live events as I want to. I did watch that, the last one, The Bridge did. Mm. Uh, But I, you know, I should, I need to get better on it. It's a little hard because, like, one hand, you know, we're, we're even doing um, like internet video battles and it's like i'm we're trying to encourage people to participate but then then just if you like remove me and just put me as a fan i'm like well this isn't really the same you right
0: know? like i was my next question i'm just gonna ask it straight up like is it awkward how and if it is awkward how awkward is it on a scale of one to ten uh the <laughs>
1: video battles like it's just a little bit you know awkward when like someone has a punchline and there's just isn't like a crowd you know usually there's like you kind of determine what's dope by like if, you know the crowd reacts to it and that kind right. of sets the president for how dope was it like did you say this punchline, and like you had to sh- and then the next minute it took like a minute to get the crowd to be quiet enough for you to keep rapping mm-hmm. uh we uh like it's funny i so we were doing these video battles basically where you know we booked two artists well we were it was part of a tournament but like they'd have time to write and then they'd submit their three rounds and then i'd break it into like you know sections where each battler goes back and forth And I thought it was kind of weird, so I, like, went up and dug up a bunch of, like, old footage from our battles of, like, the camera panning out to the crowd during crowd reactions. So I didn't, like, put them in between every bar, but between every round, I, like... Cut to this little, like they'd end their round and it'd like be panning across some sh- event we had at McCoy's and everyone was like, ah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna still put the crowd in here somehow. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, I mean, it's been, it was cool though, cause like the artists got creative with the video format. So, like, Swamp Tiger was doing like green screen backgrounds and then, uh, empty money when he was battling swamp tiger like pretended he had his kid dress up like swamp tiger and was like holding him up by his legs and shaking quarters out of his (laughs) jeans and stuff so there was like some fun stuff that happened too
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, when you first started getting into uh hosting your own battles uh were you expecting to be doing camera work with it
1: yeah because basically uh i was already kind of doing video work and one thing that's made running a battle rap league more affordable for me is like at this point, yeah, I still, I pay people to come and film, but, like, I edited all the footage myself, and if I had to pay someone else to edit it, that would cost a lot, and just even, like, so, like, there'll be literally events where, like, I kind of host, and then I, like, grab a camera and film, too, and then sometimes I even battle that same night, like, I'm really just wearing all the hats, but, right. uh, but, yeah, no, like, um, yeah, I had the, I had the camera early on, so, That was definitely a nice tool having and it's a big part of battle rap in this day and age. It's like only so many people come to the events, but you have the potential of like, you know, thousands to millions of people. I mean, we don't get millions of views, but (laughs) the potential is there once you upload it to the Internet that like, you know, so many more people can see it. You know, I'm not going to throw an event with 10,000 people, but you can get 10,000 views on there. Mm
0: hmm. Uh, for the people who are listening where can they find the videos of the battles for uh, uh, Forum CS by MCS So
1: mainly most of the releases go on YouTube and our channel name is uh so it's Forum CS by MCS it's F O R M C S B Y M C S Okay and uh you can and that applies to our Instagram and our Facebook too so like you could uh just just give our Facebook page a like and we'll post the links to all the YouTube battles on there too so and sometimes we just upload the video straight to Facebook too, but I don't know. Like YouTube is kind of the standard for like the battle rap world. Cause that's basically where it was born from in the online format or like the modern day. So like everyone cares about your YouTube views so much and it's like, We kind of need to move past that, but it's also like everyone's like, what are your view numbers? And like, it's always the YouTube is the, what counts, you know?
0: Yeah. That's the king of them. Like, cause uh, can you monetize videos on Facebook even?
1: I don't think so. And then like also... I think the way a Facebook scroll, you know, like if you stop and watch the video even for a couple seconds, it, it contributes to a view. So someone's like, I got 5,000 views, but it's like, well, let's really look at the comments and likes because, you know, a lot of those could have just been someone like scrolling through their right. you know, their uh, timeline and they see it and then they are like, you know, move on. They didn't really watch the whole thing, so –
0: Uh, Who came up with the name for MCs by MCs?
1: Uh, I came up with it, and it was originally just going to be one event. So once again, like I was saying earlier, I might have thought it out more if I had really realized how long we'd be doing this. But I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm a battle rapper, and I'm sick of going to events, and like, you know— they just don't really know the culture and you got like mm-hmm. people that might be hip hop heads, but aren't really like battle rap heads and they're throwing these events and like picking whack beats and like picking biased judges that don't really know the culture and this and that. I was like, so I'm going to run it and it's going to be battle rappers running battle rap event. So we don't have all that shit that happens when other people try to put it on. So like forum sees C's was kind of like, okay, this name makes sense. And it's mm-hmm. definitely like a bit of a, not rip well i don't know it's close to fubu yeah. i didn't really think that <laughs> which is a little ironic too but <laughs> given what fubu is like what that you know the whole idea behind that right, like right you know like but it's kind of the same thing like how come uh you know like black people set the fashion standard in hip-hop but don't own the company so like right, fubu amen. was like you know like we should be running our own shit mm-hmm. so i mean it's kind of the same idea with battle rap you know like we should be you know in charge of our own shit you know
0: I think I really do uh, respect like you taking the initiative to go above and beyond and say, hey, I don't like the way that you're doing these things. I'm going to do it my own way. And then, yeah. boom, you took over. Like as far as like battle leagues go or just like battle rap, I feel like anybody who is associated in the hip hop, uh, in in local hip hop knows 4MC's by MC's. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it was just kind of like I was saying I grew up on battle rap events. And uh, all of a sudden, I realized, I was like, man, I don't feel like there's been a battle rap event in two or three years. And I was like, well, you know, if, if not me, then who? Like, so I'm going to throw one. I know, I know the basics. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I got into event promotion. And then things kind of changed and evolved. And, you know, I worked with you. And then there was a point where, like, forum C's, 4 C's was freestyle battle rap events. But then SP was doing the pre-written stuff under We Out Here. So we kind of have, like, a little bit of a complicated history. But You know, it's been basically the same thing kind of going for a while.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have any advice for anybody who is interested in possibly either, one, starting their battle league, two, becoming a battle rapper, three, becoming a video editor?
1: Okay. Uh, In terms of uh, becoming a battle rapper, um, in advice, I would just say, like, you know, uh, watch as much battle rap as you can to get an idea of what it is. Sometimes I have people that are like, you know like i want to battle rap but i'm just gonna freestyle and i have to be like well you know like that age and era of battle rap isn't really around anymore Mm -hmm. so like this is you know so it's like familiar yourself familiarize yourself with what battle rap is in 2020 and what it's been for about the last 10 15 years or so um and then you know uh definitely just you know work hard and practice you know like uh it's pre-written these days, which some, like I was saying, some people are like, oh, man, this doesn't take the same skills freestyling, but it's like a whole different skill set because you got to remember like, you know, six, seven minutes worth of material. So it's like you're trying to memorize a speech or something and it can be harder than you think.
0: And also like if you even advertise it as like a freestyle, quote unquote, freestyle event. Yeah. Yeah who's to say that these people aren't rehearsing their lines and then like purposely stumbling just to make it sound like they are freestyling this way we know that people prepared for months yeah
1: so uh but yeah basically you know it's hard work and if you want to be good at anything you gotta take it seriously you know some people have to practice more than others but you know practice makes perfect um in terms of starting a battle rap league i would say you know like uh well like definitely I would encourage people to do it if it's they think there's a a demand or like they can build the the support for it in the area that is not happening uh and not to say that like no like somebody else shouldn't try to start a battle rap league in Olympia but it just really went you know like we already kind of have that filled here went it kind of saturated so I just definitely like make sure that. There, there's enough of a demand for it where you live that like you'll be able to actually throw events which I've been surprised like we've been going out at these Idaho events and like they've been pretty cracking and stuff so it's like you never know it is kind of more popular and universal than you think uh so you know and then uh I don't know I guess you know like what I say to promoters and just in general like my number one business business motto is be realistic you know like definitely don't sell yourself too short but like just make sure that you can you know meet your overhead and if you don't that you're comfortable losing whatever you think realistically it is like if i throw a crazy event and lost a couple hundred bucks but like it was a two thousand dollar but you know budget like i'm not like beating myself up too much about it Mm -hmm. you know i don't really expect to make money but you know you just got to be realistic and definitely don't Get yourself in a position where you, you know, owe people money you don't have because you thought the event was going to do better than it was. You know, you got to be ready to pay people regardless of who comes through.
0: I'm definitely guilty of this and I can look back and, you know, like I've, we've been doing this for a long time, you and yeah. I. And yeah, I've, I'm definitely guilty of doing the whole like I'm going to guarantee money because I could I I can reassure you that 200 people are going to show up and, you know, 100 people showed up and I'm yeah. just like, oh, shit, what did I just do? Yeah. So, yeah i definitely 100 percent agree with you there be realistic as possible if you were going to plan an event just be realistic
1: yeah and hopefully have the money together that even if like no one showed up you'd still be able to pay it right i mean i'm at the point where like i can kind of take that you know um, risk because i know people are going to show up so like yeah like i don't always have the whole two thousand dollars on deck but at least like to have half of it you know like oh even if only half the people showed up normally we can still pay everyone it would be good um, and then for video work, uh, you know, it's like I'm still learning a lot and still pretty amateur in terms of like, um, you know, the world of video work and how professional it gets. But, uh, uh, you know, like I just got a camera because I wanted my own events filmed, uh, you know, when I was just performing music. So I was like, you know, and there wasn't a lot of people with cameras at the time. So I was like, I'm gonna just get a camera so I, I don't you know, when I rock a show, I can give it to the homie and like we'll just have that footage and uh so like you know i just it's it's dope to get into it and uh you know if you got something you want to if you're a part of a scene or a movement and you want to document it you know it's really important to have that video representation especially like nowadays when everything so much stuff is online so um you know I, i just say work hard and invest when you can and you know try to learn as much as you can YouTube tutorials go a long way It's Definitely. basically where I learned everything and uh I'm trying to think if there's any other good advice you know I don't know you know if you make a big purchase on some sort of equipment just research it and hopefully it's something you're really gonna use a lot and it's worth it given your budget you know
0: outside of filming live events uh you also make music videos yeah, uh, yeah. do you know how many off top uh you've done
1: I, th- I was just looking the other day and I think I made over 20 now okay um so i i've been doing video work for like about well about 10 years i did some in high school too and then kind of didn't do it for a while then got back into it okay but um uh yeah no i got uh, about 20 videos under my belt i finally got like some better lenses that you know a lot of what was holding me back is like the editing and everything was cool but you know it's like you won't get that cinematic look until you get the right equipment and stuff so that's definitely helped me a lot lately Mm -hmm. and that's just been fun you know like uh, I love video work and I love music so like you know a music video kind of is the ultimate combination of that and like I can really uh kind of like I feel like I'm not so much of a technical video guy in terms of like you know really understanding photography and like film work on a super technical level but like when it comes to music videos i feel like because i'm i know the the musicality of it that's kind of where one of my strength strengths is and i think some other video guys are like really good at the technical end but they don't really have as much of a feel for music to like know like how to make cuts go to beats and snares and like kind of you know like end the bar when the dude is not in the middle of a line was like either taking a breath or that's the punch and stuff so feel like that is one strength i have
0: and uh i had uh talked to afrock recently uh we him and i just did a a podcast episode as well and uh i asked him a few questions about the uh this way music video yeah uh i want to know your perspective because it sounded like he had nothing but positive things to say about it and uh, the video looked great by the way yeah um yeah what was that experience like for you
1: oh that that was uh a really dope experience basically you know everything was going on after uh the murder of george floyd and um you know i was kind of like i was going down to events and you know uh protests and rallies and like that was important but it's like all right well down there i'm just one more body like you know i i don't really have a particular like skill set or anything that like makes me help with like the direct action part of it and also there's like only so much i can do with someone that's like i you know i can't really afford risk going to jail and certain things like that just at this point in my life but anyways so i wanted to like you know lend a hand and it's like i don't want to be the white rapper writing a song or whatever so i was like man you know i'm gonna i was like, gonna just make a post like if anyone's got like a a song about what's going on right now i'll work with you but then i was like man i should think about like somebody i know and like afrock was the first person that popped up and like afrock's been speaking on these issues you know like his music's very politically charged and also like the unique perspective of like he um really sheds light on what it's like being a black man in olympia I and mean, you know he's been here for a long time mm-hmm. so like we, you know we filmed it in the community he's from and or uh, we're both from and we're like it was kind of cool to like you know shed light on particular uh injustices happening in this community when it comes to yvonne mcdonald and andre mm-hmm. and uh bryson Chaplin thompson family uh so like it was cool to um you know basically come down here and then like you know downtown between covid and uh you know the protests going on just like looks crazy you know like especially at the time like if i just woke up one day and and watching the day didn't have any context for anything that was going on i'd be like yo like it was olympia and the apocalypse because like no venues are open the bars are shut down and everything's boarded up with graffiti and stuff you know
0: yeah there's nobody on the street right now it is so scary and it's not what i'm what we're used to
1: yeah so it's like um it was just kind of a intro like a lot of times you know you have to like it's hard shooting music videos if you don't have a big budget because like you know like either you don't have the the scene for certain things like you know like a courtroom scene you'd have to get like a courtroom or whatever but like with everything going on olympia was its own environment and if you shoot something that's like real stuff in a real environment you don't have to like come up with those things so we filmed a bit of it downtown and uh it was cool like uh i'd been at like a a rally protest the night before and had been walking home and seen uh these uh people working on this beautiful mural across the street from the capitol theater basically people had put up uh uh you know plywood uh wood in front of the building like big chunks of it um but they were letting the artists paint on it and there is this um uh native cat by the name of uh robert what the hell is his last name it's in the music video but um Uh, So he was out there painting that And I was like Talked to him I was like yo Like my buddy's got a music video About stuff going on Like can we film down here And he's like We'll come back down tomorrow We'll talk about it So we came back down the next day And like Afrock went up to him And like asked him If it was cool to film In front of there He's like well how about You take this paintbrush And start filling in this area red And we'll talk about it So it was real cool You just kind of like put us to work and we we're like oh you know we we would be so cool if you do this and he's like well how about you just start filming him painting right now and like and i'm like well like damn like we weren't gonna come up here and ask you to like well how about we you know have my boy paint your stuff in a music video like that would have just been like really overstepping boundaries to like right. ask to be involved <laughs> in someone's art like that so it, it worked out better than we could have thought but it was also just cool the way the guy was just kind of like put us to work and like you know it wasn't just like oh yeah you're cool you know it was like we kind of had to prove ourselves and we played the song and he liked it and then uh you know he had a bunch of different people from the community come down there for the shoot and mm-hmm. then we also had like a family cookout over at his spot and uh, filmed that too so we had like a mix of different footage in there so and then i had also had spliced some footage just like rallies and stuff shots from people from behind so you can't see their faces and stuff but splice some of that in there too so it's just cool we could really like capture what was happening in this specific place you know with a specific artist and you know Mm -hmm. how you know and olympia wouldn't you wouldn't think it'd be a big city for a lot of these movements but once again it's very political too so like we're overrepresented with artists and we're overrepresented with activists so
0: Well, thank you for being an ally, like, seriously.
1: (laughs) I mean, I try my best, you know, I'm still a white dude and, you know, always got stuff to work on, but, uh, you know, definitely it's been, it's cool to like get involved and that was a good way where I can like do the video work, but not be like a voice or like put myself and I'm going to take a step back.
0: Right. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming down and and talking with us because I know we're living in some crazy times right here. Yeah. I do want to stress this to you and just to every guest that I, I have on this show. Cap City Presents is like dedicated to raising voices of mainly musicians and building a platform for those musicians to get their voices heard. And, uh, you know, this is sort of this is sort of new for me to be like the one talking and yeah. such. But I am, you know, asking questions and I definitely do want to keep you know raising other people's voices i just basically want to ask the right questions to get those voices yeah. heard uh who would you want to be interviewed
1: oh okay uh can i shoot you like maybe two or three people yeah all of right course. cool uh well i would definitely say uh my homegirl and business partner kelly who could be interesting um mm-hmm. you know she's a female native uh promoter so she's kind of you know represents a couple there's not as many uh you know women in the promotion business out there and there's right, just right. not a lot of representation of native americans uh, you know in the spotlight a lot of times in general mm-hmm. you know like uh so uh she's definitely a very unique inv- individual and dope at what she does so she'd be interesting to talk to she helps me throw the battle rap events and put on some other hip-hop events of her own and stuff um you already talked to afrock so i would you know put him <laughs> out there uh my guy, AKA, definitely an interesting guy. He makes a lot of dope music, was involved in the battle rap scene, uh, also helped me put on events for a while. Um, it'd be interesting. He's not really around here anymore, but to talk to SP, you know, oh as man, a that promoter. would be awesome. Yeah. Cause I-
0: Uh, and you probably know this as well as I do, he was like the inspiration for me back in those days.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he's kind of like the godfather of uh, Mm -hmm. Olympia hip-hop in a lot of different ways in terms of as an artist and – um you know a promoter so like you know i got my first battle through him you know when i was young and stuff and he kind of showed me a lot of ropes of promoting and stuff and like how you do that so if he's ever back in town that would be a dope one that would be
0: so interesting to like talk to like the dude who inspired me to do all this i
1: mean and he's put on a lot of big events oh yeah yes definitely he takes risks that i can personally take you know like he was eating off of promotion
0: yeah, I, I I was at a lot of those events, and I was looking around at these crowds, and I was just like, "Wow, this this I could do this. Yeah. I I have the capability to do this." And if it wasn't for him to build that stepping stone for me, I don't think I would be where I'm at right now. And then, as far as like what I was talking about, like where I'm I'm planning on raising people's voices, I also want to work on my own self.
1: You know, I could ask you why you got into a promotion. That's always an interesting one. You've kind of touched on it here in the conversation, but. I'll be, you know, curious what motivated you as an artist to like take, you know, because that's where a lot of us start to like take a step back and be like, you know what, like I want, I don't, you know, I don't care about my own spotlight as much. Like I want to help shine a light on the talent I see out here and give them a chance. Like what made you want to do that?
0: I guess it was the rush. There was something about the first time. I, I still remember it was Landon Wordswell who hit me up and he said, You know, he shot me a Facebook message. He was like, hey, somebody told me that you're the guy to talk to about booking a a show in Olympia. Now I'm on tour and blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, like, whoa, that's like the coolest thing ever. Like a touring artist is coming to Olympia and they want my help. So I guess it was the rush, like uh, that that satisfaction of of getting hit up saying by somebody saying, hey, we're going to be doing this. Like, can you help us? And then seeing that tour flyer and knowing like, hey, I am a part of that so then fast forward to like you know two three years after only helping hip-hop artists i started getting hit up by you know live bands like full bands where they said like hey we're a punk band out of uh you know the midwest somewhere and we're coming to olympia can you help us out and that's basically basically it comes down to the rush and helping helping people because i i'm a firm believer in karma
1: nice yeah and Uh, then i guess another question i'd have is like this is kind of probably of a two-part question It's kind of ties into each other but like what have you been doing as uh an event coordinator to like still stay active during covid and also uh you know i'm thinking the show is part of the answer so why did you get into why did you decide like oh i should do a podcast you know
0: well why i decided to do a podcast was because of. Sage, right here. Okay. Uh, nice. He's he's been he's been saying this for like ever. He's like, you should start a podcast where you like interview musicians because like I want to listen to that, and everybody wants to listen to that. And my personal thought was like, I don't understand what a podcast even is. I'm not going to do that. Well, with COVID and everything, I. I had all the time in the world, so I thought, well, okay, let's let's just dive into this. So I go onto Spotify and I'm like, podcast, okay. And I I started getting into like the Every Little Thing podcast, and then I discovered like Olympia Pop Rocks, where I was interviewed. I know, are you familiar with Olympia Pop Rocks?
1: Yeah, I think I almost got interviewed by them. Maybe you were referring to them to me or something. I talked okay. to someone, but you know, you know how things go.
0: Yeah, Aguirre and Jimmy Joe are the hosts of Olympia Pop Rocks, and they do a really great job at just interviewing you know local joes like us nice yeah um uh, and then uh as far as like what else keeps me busy besides uh doing this podcast is nature uh you know as well as i do we have beautiful everything yeah. around these parts like another thing that keeps me in olympia is knowing that i'm only an hour and a half from the from the beach i'm like an hour away from like multiple state parks yeah and that's basically what's been clear in my head throughout all this nice. is just going on long, long hikes and camping. And, you know, yep. I, I sort of like found a, a new appreciation for it because I don't know if you know, I I was a Boy Scout. I'm an Eagle yeah. Scout and I hated every minute of it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in retrospect, like I had I was doing a bunch of cool shit. But at the time I was a teenager and I was just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to sleep in 30 degree weather like well, this yeah. is bullshit. But, um, yeah, I sort of found a new appreciation for That's it dope. again. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you did have some sort of live, or not live, but like a virtual benefit show? Yeah. What was that about?
0: Oh, uh, it was a, a benefit for uh, Justice for Yvonne McDonald. Basically, uh, what what started out as a, a benefit show for LaVoyer, because LaVoyer had a, a GoFundMe. Uh, and for those of you that are listening and don't know, LaVoyer is like my, my home away from home. It was yeah. the bar, all ages venue. Very critical that, venue to the area. Yeah. I mean, I'm very close with all the employees there, so it meant a lot to me to like raise money for them. But then the murder of George Floyd happened, all the all the uh, protests started happening, all the GoFundMes started focusing more on like POC families and such. Yeah. I talked to one of the members at LeVoyer, and uh, I basically was like, hey, does this lineup look good to you? And he was like, dude, I don't give a shit about this. I don't really want to raise money for our cause like with everything that's going on. And I said, well... Who should I donate the money to? I just booked like 15 bands and artists for yeah. this. And he was like, justice for Yvonne McDonald, you know, something like that. And that's basically what what snowballed into me focusing the the event towards justice for Yvonne McDonald. Well, shout
1: out to you and the voyeur. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Nate Wolf. He was like really the the one who said, don't raise money for us. Please don't. And uh, yeah, it was it was so much fun. I learned so much. Actually, Sage, who was recording this, helps me with it, <laughs> videography wise, and uh, you know, just like dealing with all the technical issues. It was so fun. In retrospect, like we we did a lot, and we we got a lot accomplished, and we raised over four hundred dollars just just on the uh, Venmo. I have no idea how much they made on the the PayPal, but yeah, we we raised some money for the family because I uh, I do want to say shout out to Talana who is uh Yvonne McDonald's niece. Uh, Talana has been doing a shit ton of work and we even talked about it. Like we don't even care if she like spends that money that we raised for her on a vacation. She is out here in the protests, in the rallies speaking in front of people. And, yeah. Yeah. No, she's-
1: I met her. I was offering to do some video work, definitely hard worker and just, you know, the, the, the people, uh, you know, behind the local movements are just putting in so much work they're very dedicated yeah and and it's a core group Like, I mean there's a lot of people that go to all the events but like in terms of like the there's like five or ten people you always see at all the events and putting the stuff together so
0: right well yeah I think that uh, concludes our episode
1: dope dope well thanks for having me on yeah dude thank you for Uh, everything
0: Uh, yeah you and I have known each other a lot so it's really good to like sit down and like actually talk about all these things yeah no it
1: definitely makes me comfortable to you know definitely someone that uh, knows the scene and the history to like you know understand the, the more detailed parts of it and
0: everything and uh before we conclude the episode where can uh people follow forum C's by MCs?
1: uh so once again with our long ass name that uh, i should have made a more simple handle out. it's a uh, forum c's by mcs no apostrophes or nothing f-o-r-m-c-s b-y-m-c-s that's f-o-r-m-c-s-b-y-m-c-s forum c's by mcs so
0: Awesome. And uh, I will post the links in the description of this podcast and I will see everybody in two weeks. Oh yeah. So yeah. Thank you again and uh, have a good night everyone.
1: Peace.